So today we want to talk about affection. Last week we were talking about adding a sense of wonder to our walk with the Lord Jesus in our daily lives, in our prayer times, in our Bible reading. And I had us look at some of the amazing references to wonder in the Christmas story. And I did that in the hope that it would encourage you to return to that amazing wonder that we first experienced when we were born again. And everything was new. And everything was more wonderful. The grass was greener. The sky was bluer. Your wife was wifier. Today, again, in the same flow of working to regain the amazement of being a believer and removing the religious and traditional garbage in our lives, as well as breaking the routine that has that feeling of being there, done that, in that same regard, I want to look at another aspect of Christmas that is often overlooked or forgotten, and that's the word affection. Affection. Let me tell you a true story. When Katie Fisher was 17 years old, she experienced something often called compassion, sometimes labeled love, often identified as empathy, but really it should properly be labeled affection. Katie had been battling Burkett's lymphoma, a fast-growing malignancy, since February, and it was now close to Christmas. And she had undergone months of hospitalization, numerous, numerous rounds of chemotherapy, and unrelenting pain. On this day, she had taken one of her lambs to the local junior livestock sale in hopes of raising some spending money as Christmas was fast approaching and there were numerous outstanding expenses from her year-long treatments. When the lamb came up for auction, the auctioneer let folks in the arena know that Katie's situation was dire and he was anticipating that her lamb would bring a bit more than the $2 per pound average. And it certainly did. The lamb sold for $11.50 per pound. And then the buyer gave it back so it could be sold again. And every time it would sell, a cry of resell, resell would be heard, and the lamb would be sold again. Families and businesses bought and sold Katie's lamb 36 times, netting her more than $16,000 that went to help pay for her medical expenses and gave her some spending money to buy her loved one's gifts at Christmas. And the last buyer gave Katie back her lamb to keep for good. So you ask yourself, I ask myself, what is it that rises up in the human heart and moves people to give towards a child in need? Compassion? Yes. Love? Definitely. Empathy? Often. But I think we need to gather all of those virtues and emotions together and call them what they are, affection. The dictionary says that affection is a, and I'm quoting, tender feeling towards another person, a disposition to feel, to do, or to say. We normally think of affection as being towards a person we know well, towards whom we show affection with a hug or a kiss. 
Affection towards loved ones, certainly appropriate, and we even express that at Christmas with the giving of gifts. But it is not only towards those we know well that we can feel tender or be disposed to feel, to do, or to say kind things. For example, David, the king of Israel, directed his affection towards the temple and demonstrated it by giving sacrificially towards its construction. You would find that in 1 Chronicles 29.3. Paul encouraged Christians to be kindly affectionate to every member of the church. Romans 12.10. Paul also felt great affection for the Christians in the city of Philippi. Philippians 1.8 and expected in return that they too would be affectionate towards one another. Philippians 2, 1 and 2. And by all means, husbands, of course, are expected to be affectionate towards their wives. 1 Corinthians 7, 3. So affection is appropriate in a wide range of situations. But like unconditional love, affection can be a challenge in certain circumstances. Consider the affection Joseph was expected to demonstrate towards his fiancée, Mary. He was engaged to her when he discovered she was pregnant. And even though, by Jewish law, Deuteronomy 22, verses 23 and 24, he would have been justified in making a public issue out of her apparent infidelity, he chose what was best for her, returning her quietly to her parents. We see that in Matthew 1.19, part of the Christmas story. That step would have been a challenge to Joseph's affections. Affection, remember, is a tender feeling towards another, a disposition to feel, to do, or to say. But then he was challenged again when God revealed to him that Mary's pregnancy was by the Holy Spirit and that she had remained pure and righteous and had not cheated on him and that Joseph should remain married to her and become the father of her child. Wow. So while Joseph was sorting out this deluge of information and feelings, his affection for Mary won the day. It was, no doubt, a difficult situation, having to weather the stares and the gossip from those who didn't, who couldn't, understand what was going on. Affection. And this Christmas, we will be around lots of different people, family and loved ones, acquaintances, strangers, and others. Towards some, your affection will be generous and easy. For those, don't take their closeness for granted. Be lovingly affectionate at this special time of the year. But towards others, your affection may be a challenge. Perhaps they are people you don't know well, Perhaps they are some you know all too well. Perhaps some are simply people who are brought you are who are brought into your social circle because of the holiday social scene. But we need to be encouraged, and I want to encourage you to be kindly affectionate to all of them. Like love, affection for the believer must be unconditional if it's to be real. The same way God's affection and love are towards us. Conditional affection may go unexpressed because the conditions are unmet. If conditional affection is expressed, it will likely be formal and stiff at best, 
and hypocritical at worst. We're called to have unconditional affection towards all others. When you hear the story of Katie Fisher and her repeatedly sold lamb, if you thought, I would have bid on that lamb to help a suffering teenager, then you have what affection requires, a tender spirit towards others and a predisposition to reach out with love and comfort to everyone, whether they deserve it or not. This Christmas, we need to show our unconditional affection to all, to everyone. Remembering that affection is a tender feeling towards others, a disposition to feel, to do, or to say. So this Christmas, let's think of affection towards others, friends and enemies. Unconditional affection, even when they don't deserve it or expect it. You know, give them a gift, an embrace, a note or a letter, a helping hand, a visit, a kind word. Let's go further than affection. Let's love each other in the same way that Jesus loved us. Love is affection on steroids. Reconciliation with those who have been pushed away for whatever reason. Forgiveness, a gift to others, but also a gift to ourselves. Then instead of just affection, we will truly enter into the real spirit and meaning of Christmas. We will love. Let's make this Christmas a loving one. We're called to love God and his Christmas love gift to us, Jesus. And we can do that only because he first loved us. 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. And he literally poured his love into our hearts when we were born again. Romans 5, 5 says God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And because of that, we can then love him in return because he first loved us and gave us his unconditional love. And so in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, a repeat from the Old Testament law, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And having done that, then we're expected to love others, believers, we shall love other believers. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. And by this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. That's John 13, 34 and 35. But also we are expected to love unbelievers. Philippians 1, 9 says, May the Lord make your love to grow and overflow to each other, to believers, and to everyone else. And then we are expected to love our enemies. Luke 6.35 says, love your enemies. As believers, we know we are loved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And we need to remember when we first encountered and experienced God's love found in Jesus. I mean, when we got saved... I mean, think back. What a rush. <laughs> what an experience. What a happening. What a life-changing encounter. It's an overwhelming feeling of acceptance and forgiveness. 
And being saved turned our world upside down, changed just about everything, changed us. We became new creatures in Christ. And as we approach Christmas, it's a good time to review, to reflect, and think about what it means to be loved unconditionally, to experience God's affection, and then to love others the same way he has loved us. It's more than affection. It's sacrificial, unconditional love. John 15, verse 13 and 14. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. The baby in the manger of Christmas becomes the Christ on the cross of Good Friday and the crowned coming king, coming to claim his bride and take us home because of his affection and his love for us. A Christmas crib always needs to be connected to the cross of Good Friday, which always needs to be connected to the second coming of Jesus when he will is crowned as king. Otherwise, you just have a baby born in a manger. And sometimes we miss seeing the tree because of the forest. We forget how much he loved us, how much love we have experienced, because we're so wrapped up in the daily details of life and then the extra details of Christmas. We need to pause in the midst of a very busy and active season and remember, reflect on when we first met him and discovered that God is love and that his unconditional love was expressed in the birth of his son that first Christmas, in the death of his son on that first Good Friday, in the gift of salvation, for we're saved by grace through faith in him, in the forgiveness that we experience every day, in the fellowship that we have with him and with the Holy Spirit. Remember all that he has done all the affection he has poured out on us and all of the love that he has for us. We need to slow down enough to experience, to remember, and to encounter once again his affection and his unconditional love. I'm reading a great book by a former Mormon missionary and it reminded me of a video I'd watched a few years ago of the same author giving his testimony. And it reminded me of the affection and the deep, unconditional, unfailing love Jesus has for each one of us. And so it led me to once again revisit that night when I first met the real Jesus for the first time. And I'd like us to watch it together and note the emotion the affection, the love the speaker has when talking about Jesus. If you are listening to this on Podbeam, you can find the same video that the people who listen to this teaching in person watched at this point. You just need to type in the name Micah Wilder, M-I-C-A-H, Micah, Wilder, W-I-L-D-E-R, and it will take you to a link, and that link will take you to a Facebook 17-minute video of him giving his testimony in a local Baptist church in California. So, Micah 
Wilder, that's the former Mormon missionary, who encountered the love, the compassion, and the affection of Jesus in a very special way, just as we did. And I hope it will bring back to your heart and to your mind the day that you received Jesus and became a born-again new creature in Christ. And it's especially important at this time as we approach the birth of our Savior, the celebration of that birth on Christmas morning. If you have trouble locating the video, uh, you can text me at uh, 306-536-9574, and I will send you by text the link. Thanks. God bless.